Welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk, the Bear, in studio. Your growl changes every week. It just depends on your mood. Yeah, that was a strange one. I need yeah. to apologize to everyone. Yeah, welcome everyone to the show. KLFT and Acadiana on the radio or on the podcast, wherever you are listening. Uh, great to be with you today and great to be back. Adam, you look wonderful. Thank you. Your beard oil is <laughs> Oh, it's glistening. Great. Shout out to our show mom who's constantly taking care of us. She is, like a good mom does. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. how's your week? Pretty good. I'm very much enjoying the weather um, and the feast days, you know. When there's a, I call it the vast ocean of green, this ordinary, ordinary time too. You know, okay. it's like mm-hmm. Pentecost ends and then it's like six months to Advent. Sure. It's just a vast ocean of green. Yeah. Well, for me, All Saints Day is kind of like... The signal, it the the ocean has come to an end, and we're we're on the shores of of some great festivities, and All Saints Day is that for me. I love All Saints Day. We had a beautiful mass at the parish. We had an All Saints Day party at the parish uh, in the hall after the kids dressed up like saints. It was fantastic. And um, yesterday we had a mass in the graveyard for All Souls Day. And so anyway, now Advent's just around the corner. So the the vast we have traversed the ocean of ordinary time too. It's crazy. Right, like mm-hmm. these are things that, like, as a Catholic, you grow up or you're in the church, you you really you just think these things are are normal, you know. And it is also interesting culturally, like everyone celebrates Halloween. Mm-hmm. I would say probably ninety nine percent of the culture has no idea what Halloween stands for. Right, like that it's you know, Hallow's Eve, right? Right, the the eve before All Saints Day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they really don't. They, they have no idea. So this, here's a a Christian holiday, right? Mm-hmm. That that we just go out and have candy and and celebrate and whatever. Sort of like Mardi Gras, exactly. You know, is is the celebration before Lent begins, and culturally, like people are all in it, and then you wake up the next day, you're like, oh, this is All Saints Day. Like we're celebrating all the saints, you know. And I'll I'll, I'll make a bold. Uh, statement here, Paul. Mm. I don't normally do this, yeah. bold statements. But I would propose mm-hmm. that the holidays or the fest- festive days or the special days that our country really love are all Catholic. I mean, think about it. 100%. The yeah. non-Catholic ones that they came up with, like Flag Day. I mean, we love the flag and all, but like, how many Flag Day traditions do you have, Paul George? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. It's only the Catholic ones that actually catch on. and Yeah, they're all Christian holidays, which is kind of cool. That we have these in the culture, but of course, the culture has kind of taken them and, and spun them off. Mm-hmm. Now, in a lot of ways, it was funny because um, we have this little. <clears throat> this is kind of nerding out, but y- you get this because whatever. We have this little set of these wooden carved saints, a bunch of them. Yeah, they're, they're kind of like these little. They look kind of like little bobbleheads, but they're carved out of wood, and and we have a basket of them. You nice. Know? Whatever. There's a ton. I don't know all the names. So. On All Saints, you know, we we prayed, and and our our youngest, who's five, almost six, you know, we had all the saints, and she knows more of them than I do, actually, just because I can't tell what they look like. Okay, mm. so she's kind of remembered what these look like. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like that doesn't look like so. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> we're we're doing family prayer, and it's just the four of us. So we have a a, a teenager at home, and then a six year old, right? And then three out of the house. So it's just the, the four of us, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she goes, uh, it was so funny because she goes, I just want to pray. You know, this is the five-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. 
And I love like kids, like once they like latch onto something or like they understand something, they're just, just so authentic and innocent Mm -hmm. about it. And she says, I just want to pray for all the saints, the, the, the capital letter saints and the lowercase saints. (laughs) And it was just like, so, and, and, uh, my high schooler just kind of looked like, wait, what is that? Like, and, and so like, it was kind of funny because she knew Mm-hmm. you know what she was talking about like mm-hmm. you know yeah the canonized ones and the ones that aren't canonized yeah so like mm-hmm. uh, you know when you say like capital letter you know upper letter saints uh, mm-hmm. you know or the saints that are canonized so they have a you know capital letter in front yeah. of them right like because their name is a saint that's awesome and the lowercase are people in heaven who we don't know are canonized right there mm-hmm. but they're saints in, in heaven so you'd say you know lowercase right yeah and so uh, it was just kind of cute that she had an understanding of that and it was like, that is yeah. awesome. Yeah, like it, this is just normal. <laughs> so we're all called to be saints, right? And when we get to heaven, we're a saint because only saints are in heaven. Right. You know, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not we'll be canonized to get the capital letter, I don't, we'll, we won't know till after we're dead. But when we're dead, will we know? We'll know, but I don't think we'll really realize it. Like, so, for example, um, like if you're in heaven and I'm in heaven, okay, and you get canonized, mm-hmm. which is probably more likely than me getting canonized. Mm. I'm just saying, mm. like if I had to bet, if I'm just betting and we're like in a casino, okay, <laughs> and just picture a craps table mm-hmm. of like, and you could roll the dice on who's going to be a saint and who's not, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. I would just put my money on you before me. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying like you. Would, I think the fact that you would do that makes you likely to be the one because the saint wouldn't bet on themselves. Well, that okay, good point. <laughs> but say that you were, we, you and I die, we go to heaven. And if you, you don't know that that's going to happen, listen to a few shows ago, mm-hmm. you'll find out all about yeah, we're all gonna die. how we're all going to die. Okay, we're both in heaven. Mm-hmm. We both made it. We're both saints. But you <clears throat> actually get canonized Mm-hmm. A saint. So you receive the capital letter S mm-hmm. on your chest. <laughs> and I'm a saint. <laughs> we can say sweater. And I'm a saint, but I have a lowercase. Do you know, like, do you look at me and say, hey, um, you know, I, um, I'm a capital letter? Well, I think it's the other way around. I think you look at me. So like the non-canonized saints look at the canonized saints and know that that's part of their glory. Really? And enjoy it. Because it, okay, so when we're in heaven, we're looking at God face to face, right? Right. You don't get a, and we'll use the analogy of light. You don't get a brighter light. It's all in his glory. Than looking at God. However, part of the glory of heaven. All encompassing. Part of the glory of heaven is the communion of saints where we see that same light shining in full display in the souls of other people. So for example, the Blessed Virgin Mary. She is shining brightly in heaven, and I get to enjoy that light too. Hmm. And so I think the non-canonized saints see the glory of the canonized saints in a particular way and enjoy it, but it's not like the canonized saints are like, yeah, I'm one of the canonized folks. Oh, I'm glowing more than you. But the non-canonized are like, wow, it's so great to be with you, St. Therese, St. Oh. Maximilian Colby. Like your light is so, God's light in you is so great. It's not that it enhances God's light necessarily, but it is another secondary enjoyment of heaven huh. that we can see that God's glory in other people. 
and uh, it is greater than mine. Like Saint Therese's glory is way more <laughs> than when if I get there. You know, I mean, well, I plan to get there. I'm just saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The reality is, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We can guess. Yeah, but it's cool to guess, to kind of see or figure out. It is cool to guess. It would be nice. Like you have had like people who have died and and like came back to life. You know, mm-hmm. had like a death experience, yeah. right? These stories and they're like the light. You know, they talk about mm-hmm. this bright light. It would be cool. Maybe I'll research this one day when I have some time. <laughs> if like someone like could go to like have this near death and like have an experience of what the communion of saints looked like in heaven and then came back to life. Man, what you're describing, this, this is going to sound like I'm a total nerd, but I am. I remember my first... Newsflash, uh, <laughs> everyone. Adam finally admitted oh, yeah. that he's a nerd. Total nerd. But I remember one of my first profound prayer experiences on the... You were there, actually. And um, on the Rapids Coliseum floor at a Steubenville South conference. During adoration. During adoration. Mm-hmm. I remember... I actually had like this thought that in heaven, you know, I, I thought about the angels and saints all around us, like with the Eucharist, because they were talking about that. Mm-hmm. You might have talked, I don't know who talked about right. but like mm-hmm. all of heaven is there with us, adoring the Lord, and we join in that adoration in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. And I was thinking about seeing that for the first time in heaven yeah. and just like my heart like exploding. Because mm-hmm. I mean, imagine seeing the vast sea of saints all adoring the Lord, all in unison. Because what I witnessed was 5,000 teenagers doing that, hmm. and it was so impressive to me that I thought about, well, what about the, you know, what Book of Revelation calls just endless sea of people worshiping God with me. And uh, I never thought about that, of, of heaven in that way before. But that's, I mean, my heart just exploded. That's kind of cool. I would have died right there if I could have. My there heart was just ready to explode. Okay. Do you have a, have you seen what did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though? Have you seen uh, out of New York City? You mm-hmm. ever heard of New York? Yes. I actually talked to a friend of mine today, Todd Lemieux. Shout out to Todd, uh, who lives in New York. Been friends for nice. years. Yep. In the city? Mm-hmm. I love New York City. Anyway. I mean, somewhere around that. I mean, the city's big and there's different, right. you know, like, you know. Burrows. Burrows, yeah. yeah. Burrow. Burrow. Um... Well, just last week in New York City, I don't think it was your friend. What was his name? Todd. Yeah, different guy. Uh, This guy was trapped inside a steel reinforced concrete jewelry vault overnight. Um, He worked there. Oh, he worked. He wasn't trying to steal. No, he was not a crook or a criminal. Good thing it wasn't like a freezer, like in a restaurant. Correct. I've he heard people, he would have died. Like yeah. a meat locker. Yeah, we had someone locally die just recently from that. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Um, no, he was trapped in a vault and couldn't get out because the security measures they have, like even when the security team found out, they're talking to him on the camera throughout the night to, to make sure he's okay. But they, they can't get in. You need some water, man? Uh, they didn't or have they a can't code? Or like, no, like, there was no way to open it. Whoa. Like the way they designed it, when it shuts down for the night, you cannot open it. Which means that, you know, robbers can't figure out a hack in and get it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so he was there for about 10 hours, they huh. say. So he just sleep? I would have just slept. Eventually. I mean, unless there's no ventilation in there, that would be dangerous. Right. Yeah. Well, eventually he did fall asleep, but I would imagine that'd be a little tough mm-hmm. if you're kind of trapped. I've never been trapped like that, so I don't know how I'll respond. I think That's I'll true. handle it okay, but maybe I could Depends on how big the space is. Depends on if there's ventilation. Mm-hmm. 
But it seems to me that if it was an emergency, they could break into the vault. Okay, so they considered that. They did. They they went over the process that they would take to actually get them out. Mm-hmm. But the process itself, they figured out, would take hours. Sure. And the cost to repair would be mm-hmm. tremendous. So he wasn't in immediate danger. Like, I'm Correct. sure his life was in danger. I actually have a have you seen that's better. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so this woman goes to set the Guinness Book of World Record for the oldest skydiver. Mm-hmm. She's 104 years old. That is old. So this chick at 104, okay, skydives and does it. There's a picture of her. She does the skydiving and then goes home. And before the Guinness Book of World Records folks could get to her house, like within a week, she passed away. Oh, my goodness. And so they can't confirm how old she was and if she broke the record. Wow. Dorothy Hoffner jumped 13,500 feet from a skydive plane in Chicago. Supposedly. Supposedly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They can't confirm it. 104 years old. Dude, how cool is that? Well, I love these two stories side by side because on the one hand, you have this young man who's just trapped in a life that he can't get out of. And then you have this old totally. lady just totally living it up. I've been talking a lot <laughs> lately, like in, in some of my talks is <clears throat> like we, if you haven't figured out we're going to die, you got to listen to the show a few <laughs> weeks ago. But Paul George. like we, we don't, we don't have time to like not live, you know, like yeah. fully. Like, so this woman is 104 years old and she's like, I'm going skydiving. I'm doing this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, she obviously knows like she's on the she's only got days. Like she she's gonna die mm-hmm. very soon. Like just like statistically, like you know, and she's still living. Yeah, you know, and and Saint Paul talks about this. He says, you know, for for me to 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 live is to die in Christ. Like to to live, like he just talks about like I'm all in. Mm-hmm. You know. He he says, "What is it? The scripture to die is gain." Yeah. Um, for me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Because you gain Christ, yeah. right? So he's saying, like, death is not the detriment to me to live. Mm-hmm. Christ, I'm just living, and whether I die or not, I'm living. Yeah. And our Lord said, whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it or find it. And gosh, those two stories side by side. So he he literally works at a vault where it's designed to hang on to stuff, to hoard stuff, to like mm. keep things very secure and safe and no risk. You're trying to just limit all risk. And then he gets trapped inside of it and can't get out. Yep. Like to save your life, you're going to lose it. And then this woman literally takes every security out of her life. The ground, you know, <laughs> like even that security removes it and lives. You right. know, she finds that that freedom of life. That's wild. Yeah, and I mean, gosh. It's so easy, though, especially when, uh, I don't know about you, Paul, but when, like, getting married and taking on responsibilities to provide for my wife, provide for my kids, uh, well, that means I have to have, you know, like, a stable career. I have to, like, there's so many things about my life that need to be stable and risk-free. 
it's very easy to kind of start to live in the safe and stop jumping out of planes. Well, and this is, you know, what I, you know, I notice this in my own life when I feel like I'm getting paralyzed. I'm, and I, the things that paralyze us, I think we can all relate, is it's either regret from the past, right? Mm-hmm. Like I just start thinking and I get paralyzed. Or I get paralyzed in the present moment by how am I to live? What am I to do? What, I feel stuck, right? Or I get paralyzed by thinking about the future, the anxiety and the worry about, well, what if? What what if this happens? Or I don't know what I'm going to, right? Mm-hmm. And so we we kind of live in, in this, this paralyzed state, but Jesus lives in the moment. God is in the moment. And when, and when we're focused on living in the moment, God's present in the moment. It's sort of like we forget about all those things that, that, you know, paralyze us. Mm -hmm. And that, that's what we're, how we're called to live. You know, like, Lord, like, I don't want to be stuck in the vault, locked in, hoarding, you know, my life. Mm-hmm. I want to share it with the world. And I want to live freedom. I want to be 104 and not afraid to skydive. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's that's a, a spiritual analogy. But this woman's, you know, living her life to the fullest. And I think we, we get trapped into, like, money and bucket list items and these things that are very superficial that might bring us joy and happiness. And there's certainly nothing wrong with experiencing those types of things, skydiving, great vacations, you know, mm-hmm. all, all, all these things. But, but to wake up every morning with the idea that my life exists to skydive, to be free mm-hmm. is really how we're all created to live. And yet the enemy in the world is trying to just steal that joy out of us each day. Mm-hmm. Man, can I nerd out a little bit more? Uh-huh. All right, so this is reminding of me of a book I'm currently reading. Mm. You may have heard of it, The Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, um, I was invited to be on a podcast next month. This is a real stretch for me because I'm not like a fictional book guy. I'm not like a – but I was invited to be on a podcast to talk about a chapter of The Odyssey, uh, like from a Catholic, Catholic perspective. So I've been having to reread it and like really dive into it. Right. But – some you just said really reminded me that like the the Odyssey spoiler alert is about basically a great war hero who went off to battle, Odysseus. Yeah, he jumped out of the plane. Let's say he was that old woman who, although he had a wife and kids and responsibilities and a home, he also was free enough to lead his people into battle. Hmm. Let's say right. Yeah, but he got stuck on that battle far away and has to come back home and the book begins with a son who has a distant memory of his father because it's been a while since the war and but he knows how great his father was he knows he doesn't know if he's dead or alive Hmm. and so he sets out on a journey to find that out because they they don't have his body they don't know if he died in the battle so he sets out on a journey to find him while the father is setting on a journey to come back home um and so this reminds me of like you know, like I, as a father, I might want to live in the safe because I think that's what my kids need. But don't my kids really need a hero? A dad who's a hero? Yeah. Is that really what they want? Hmm. Like, don't, like, this young man was actually a, and 
In his journey, people keep telling him how much he's like his father. He's heroic like him. And he leaves home to go look for his father in a heroic way, right? Hmm. So even though his dad wasn't there, locked in the safe, and with him, just the idea that dad is a hero, that dad is that old woman jumping out of the plane, inspires in his son that same heroic life. And so, um, man, it's, it's, it's interesting because as a... As Catholic parents, as families, as like we want to provide stability and security. But All Saints Day should remind us that what we really need to inspire us in our Christian journey are heroes who jump out of the plane, inspire us to do the same thing. Mm. And no canonized saint got there because they managed risk well and they built a great safe. I love that. Not one of them. That's great. Mm. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of health care. Join the nation's leading health care sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable health care. Call now to see how much you can save at 844 387 8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. Great first segment. Thanks for being a part of the show on the radio or on the podcast, wherever you are. Great to be with you. You know, I was thinking as we ended the last segment, you've 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 learned well, Adam. What does that mean? <laughs> well, you used to say to me that like I could tie anything into anything on the show. Like mm-hmm. I can I can like connect any topic to anything, right? Yeah, like, you have so a, you, would, you have a gift. You've developed it. It's I mean, rubbed off on me. Yeah, the way that you were able to like circle back and bring in a vault, a woman skydiving, <laughs> and the saints all together. Yeah. Brilliant. I would just have to affirm you. <laughs> well, now you know what it's like on my end when you do it. I just watched it happen mm-hmm. and I just went along with it. Yeah. I was like, this is this is great. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> because well, our show's basically built on that. Correct. Like we have to, yeah. We throw out all these things and then time together. And that's just it. Literally, what our show is built on, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's so talent. people yeah. would ask, like, well, how do y'all plan the show? That's exactly how we plan the show. Mm-hmm. We got like boom, 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 and boom, and we're just like, let's just figure out like how that's all going to work together as we go, as we go, not like before, right? And we jump out of the plane. Pretty. This much. This show is not a vault show. This is not a safe no. show. No, no, no. <laughs> it's pretty much let's jump. Yeah. <laughs> Pull the ripcord. Right. Rip it good. Rip it, rip it good. I do want to tell people, uh, which is kind of cool, because you were talking about ordinary time, which is great. I love, actually love the gospel readings during ordinary time because we just mm-hmm. obviously like hear about the, the ordinary life and ministry of Christ, right? Um, but we're coming sort of to a close in a month from now, we are going to be in Advent, mm-hmm. December 3rd, we start Advent. 
and um, I have an Advent devotional for men out, mm-hmm. which people are buying them right now, so they're out. It's called Fierce, and it's an Advent devotional for men. Uh, you can go to pauljorge.la and order the book, or you can go to blessedisshe.net, and they have also the women's version of that, which I did not write. Someone else wrote uh, called Found, and so you, husband and wife, can each have their own fierce and found or the guy can get her the woman whatever so blessedisshe.net has them so if you want to kind of be intentional about advent which i think we all should be some some type of intention for this liturgical season um those are out there and and they're really good reflections for for advent so well and thank you for naming it properly fierce yeah because it has the spirit of jumping out of the plane built in just the very name. Right. Right? Like, it's not like this is going to be a very safe journey. It's not safe. It's not called safe. Right. Yep. You won't be lulled to, you know, spiritual pleasantness. This is a challenging jump out of the plane kind of path. Yeah, and what I'm excited about it is that the whole fierce devotional is through the lenses of what does it mean to be a, a, a shepherd, mm-hmm. like a man who who shepherds, uh, who who leads, you know, and we learn from... Uh, God as shepherd, David as shepherd, Jesus, uh, Joseph as shepherd, and then obviously Jesus, the good shepherd. So that it kind Love of it. flows that way. Um, so anyway, that's I'm excited about it, and it's out there. So, okay, um, do you have a weird Catholic stuff? What? Yep. That's weird. No, you're weird, Adam. I'm weird, and I like it. You're very weird. Are you weird? You admit it. You're a nerd. Weird Catholic stuff! So, in the coming week, we have uh, something weird that Catholics do. We have feast days for buildings. Did you know that? Of course you did, but... Not really. That's weird. I thought we more had, like, blessings or, or like, commemorations of buildings, but I didn't know... Well, yeah, so the Feast of the Dedication of a Building... So we have several. Right. Like um, St. Peter's and Paul's. Correct. Uh, you know. When okay. the coming week, it's uh, St. John Lateran. St. John Lateran. Which there's a few weird things to say about that building. But the first right off the bat is that this is weird. Catholics have feast days for churches, which we do. Well, it's not just a building. It is a church. That right. That makes more sense. It's not like we have a feast day for the Capitol. Correct. You know. Correct. Or, you know. A sacred building. The bank. Right. Building. Right. St. John Ladder is one of the major basilicas in Rome. Right, one of the four. You've been there. Yeah, I have been there. Mm-hmm. Was yeah. it nice? It's unbelievable. Mm. I should go back. As a matter of fact... Not without your wife. Not without my wife. Are you? <laughs> Am I on the list now? Well, we're doing... That's right. Our podcast from Italy. Our yet-to-be-chosen listeners, beloved to us, are going to uh, or arrange a Paul George Show pilgrimage. Our Italian listeners are going to bring us in. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Marta, Tommaso, yeah, Giovanni, we're yeah. counting on you. Yeah, we want cannolis. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. What else? Oh, spaghetti, uh, pizza, yeah. carbonara. Yeah. Calamari. Calamari. <laughs> <laughs> I want to meet Mario a, and a Luigi. Vino. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, yeah, Vino. So anyway, th- th- <laughs> that's all planned in theory. Yeah. We need to make it a reality. Yeah. We're counting on you listeners. <laughs> so <clears throat> so anyway. We're dreamers, man. Uh, so St. John Lateran. Okay, so 
It does make a little more sense when we consider that we canonize people. Think of these buildings as like canonized buildings. Okay. See what I'm saying? So you have churches throughout the world. Right, but it, it's named after Good churches. a saint. It is. Well, kind of. That's the weird thing. Okay. Talk to is me, Is it's Goose. not. This is one of the major churches of the church. It's like, you know, top four churches in the world to Christendom, and it's not named after a saint. Saint John Exactly. Lateran? Okay. So Lateran was the name of the family okay. who donated the land okay. for the church to be built on. All right. And they wanted it named after their favorite saint, Saint John. Okay. The apostle? Well, that's the controversy. Ooh. They're not sure if it's St. John the Baptist or St. John the Evangelist. They're still not sure. Yeah, like historically. So it's sort of like it this got... woman who skydived, and then the, the Guinness Book that's of right. World Records people that's right. just took their time to find out and go to her house mm-hmm. like they had a lot of time, and she died in the meantime. So... They never got the correct records from the family of saying, hey, who do you want to name it after? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Well, okay, so the earliest tradition, it's St. John the Baptist. Okay. Um, but they added St. John the Evangelist. You know, I honestly am learning something today. Not even like St. John the Evangelist or the Baptist. It's interesting. I just assumed, you know how we name saints after where they're from? St. Mm-hmm. Francis of Assisi, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, St. Rose of Lima, Lima, Peru. Mm-hmm. Right. I just assumed, and this is just a s- silly assumption, that St. John Lateran was a, a St. John from a place called Lateran. Mm-hmm. Well, and, that, I, and that, I was wrong. That could be why the family had its name, Lateran. Maybe they're from, but I, I've never seen Lateran on a map. Yeah, me neither. I, I just could be related. I to never that. questioned it, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. No, totally. Well, now um, that's that's what had happened. Now, the other thing about St. John Lateran that people don't realize is that that is the Cathedral of Rome, which you know because you visited, yeah. not St. Peter's Basilica. That's interesting, right? But the Pope's Cathedral is St. John Lateran. Yeah. I wonder why. Not St. Peter's Basilica, um, which you, is wild. Do you know why? Well, um, I think... So St. John Lateran is not built on a holy site. So St. Peter's Basilica is built on St. Peter's tomb, right? And typically with something like that, um, it becomes a destination of great importance. Let's say like uh, the Holy Land, and you have Bethlehem, and they build a church where Jesus was born. Or the Holy Land, and you have where Jesus died, and they build a church. Have you been to the Holy Land? I have not. Okay. So we got Italy for our listeners to figure out and the Holy Land pilgrimage. That's two pilgrimages. That sound a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm not going to the Holy Land right now. No, not right now. Things need to chill out a little bit. We'll put that one on pause. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you build, you build these churches that are kind of for the whole world, let's say, to come visit that sacred spot. So St. Peter's Basilica is built on St. Peter's tomb for the whole world to come visit and to be the the literal rock on which the church is built because that church is built on the rock of Peter. Yep. But it's not the cathedral of the diocese of Rome. So it's more St. Peter's Basilica is more for the whole world, let's say. But St. John Lateran is for Rome. It's for Rome. Yeah. But it becomes for the whole world, whatever. 
So that's weird stuff, what we do with buildings. One of my favorite churches there, St. John Lateran's, extremely beautiful if you ever get to go, but St. Paul outside the walls. I bet it's your favorite. You know, one, namesake, but yeah. two, like one of the greatest, you could say, evangelist and apostle as far as like, you know, right? As mm-hmm. an evangelist. It, and to think that like yeah, like he could be buried there, like his remains or you know, they you know, the 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 story goes that, you know, Paul, because he had Roman citizenship, couldn't be executed within the city limits, you know, so they, mm-hmm. they drug him outside the city walls to execute him, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's where he, he died. So although Saint Paul outside the walls is now within the city, back in the day, two thousand years ago. That was outside the city limits. Wow! And you were there. You went there. I wasn't there two thousand years ago. But... Right. <laughs> I mean, what was it like being in the spot where Saint Paul? That's what was kind of martyred. felt like. Like it just kind of felt like he's here. Like there's something like very mystical about it. Mm-hmm. That you know, and it was like when people say that they go to the Holy Land, they really feel like a, a deeper connection to Christ, like his yeah. footsteps, his, the reality. And when you visit a place like St. Peter's, where his remains are buried under the altar, per se, St. Saint Paul outside the walls, these these massive Mount Rushmore of saints, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you do, you feel this connection. Like you feel like the, the historical, the, the literal, the spiritual connection to the church. Now, how old were you when you were doing this? I was in my twenties. Okay, so I would imagine mid twenties, probably. 20. I'd imagine you had like all kind of like things going through your heart and mind. Like, I need to be more like Saint Paul, kind of thing. Like, I need to be more missionary. I need to be more heroic. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You must have had some kind of like bubbling up inspirations in you. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, I would say so. Definitely a deep connection, and you know, part of my early conversion was reading scripture. So I didn't know a whole lot about the church or church teaching or the catechism, you know. Um, and when I grew up, like that wasn't like as available now, right? Like just mm-hmm. how much we have, you know, at our fingertips to learn. And, you know, so I, my conversion was just started by just reading scripture mm-hmm. and really had a deep connection to St. Paul, not because of my namesake, but because he wrote most of the New Testament. So if you're going to read the New Testament, you're going to learn a lot about St. Paul, Mm -hmm. right? And so to go to that church is pretty cool. So if you ever have a chance, you know, to go to it, it's pretty massive, pretty great, pretty beautiful. I can't wait for the Paul George show, Pilgrimage to Italy. Yeah, and you know, I know like historically Italians are kind of slow paced, Mm-hmm. You got a lot done, but they just slower pace. I'm sure that the reason that they haven't reached out to us is because it's, yeah, you know, they're moving slow. Yeah, it's it's the hot season. They're waiting for yeah. things to cool down. I don't know. Yeah, they might just napping midday, <laughs> sipping on a cappuccino. Well, I haven't been there, so I don't really know what they're like, but that sounds about right. That's, yeah, that's good. Well, I, let me give you a little hint on what they're like. So we're there on pilgrimage. You know, I'm in charge of like a hundred people. Mm-hmm. Okay, we go to Rome you know, CC, Milan, Turin, but we spend most of the time in Rome. And it's for World Youth Day. So there's a lot of people. A lot of people. I bet. Our whole group is on two trolleys, and we're packed full. 
and we're taking that trolley through town. We're visiting different places, and we're on the trolley at the end of the day, exhausted because we're walking most of the day, and then we're taking a trolley, uh, you know, back to where we're staying. So imagine like a trolley car, like in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they have have those throughout the city. And you're stuffed on two of these. Like. Yeah, and that's how you get around, you know, if you're going to go far. So St. Paul outside the walls is obviously, it's in Rome, but it's far out, you know, mm-hmm. right? So if so we had we couldn't walk it. So then we're we're kind of going back. So we're like halfway back on this on this trolley, and the trolley driver just stops, just stops in the middle of the whatever gets out and I'm like, Oh, what's he doing? He gets out, walks across the street, walks into a cafe. And I'm like, "Mm, maybe he has to use the bathroom because there's no bathroom on the trolley. Mm -hmm. And I'm just watching this, you know, and he, he comes out of the cafe, sits down at a little table with a cappuccino, (laughs) lights a cigarette. And for 30, 40 minutes, just sat there. <clears throat> sipped his cappuccino and smoked a cigarette. <laughs> Why we just stayed on a trolley packed. <laughs> and of course, for us as Americans, like I'm looking at him like, what are you doing? Like this, you can't just do that. You can't just, and he's just like, you know, it was just like no rush. Mm-hmm. I'm taking my break. This is what's going to happen. Y'all can deal with it. Oh my goodness. And he's just chatting with other little old Italian men and they're just having, <laughs> and that was, I was like, you know, we have a lot to learn from that. Yeah, I think you're right. Because we live in a culture that is like, if you're not rushing, mm-hmm. something wrong with you. Right. We almost shame people for like- That's right. Living at a pace that is actually livable. That's correct. You know? That's right. There's a whole bunch of miserable people who talk about how busy and rushed they are, who then fuss at people who want to do something different. Because <laughs> they want them to be miserable and <laughs> right. and rushed as well. <laughs> You that know. is something. Yeah. Well, so the, this weird thing we do with these churches is actually, it hits closer to home than most people, most Catholics realize. Okay. Did, did you know, I'm sure you did, but listeners, do you know that your diocese, whatever diocese you're in, does the same thing? You have an annual feast in your diocese for the dedication of your cathedral. Every diocese. Yep. Every cathedral will have an annual on the day that the cathedral was dedicated, you have an annual solemnity at your cathedral for the dedication of that cathedral. And it's different date all the time. Correct. And then your parishes have an option of celebrating that on that day. And sometimes I've only seen that done like twice because it's an option. But like it can be done. So we're going to celebrate, for example, in our diocese, the dedication of St. John Cathedral. Mm-hmm. I've seen it done outside the cathedral a couple of times. But in the cathedral, it has to be done. And that's how I know that because when I was at the cathedral uh, working there in the past, we did it. And I was like, this is weird. And I found out, well, everybody does it. Which, so now you know. Look up when your cathedral is dedicated. Show up on that day to Mass. You know, with your uh, cathedral T-shirt maybe, with your, uh, I don't know, your, your cappuccino and cigarette ready to go <laughs> and be late for Mass. Just, <laughs> just sit out there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do that next time like I'm on vacation with my family. We're gonna be driving. Just stop the I'm just truck. gonna stop. <laughs> get out. Go get a coffee. Sit across the street from them. And they sit in the car. Just sip on my coffee and just see what they say. They, you know, or maybe just at home. Like I'm thinking at home. Like 
kind of chaos. We wind down the night, and I'm like, all right, I'll walk out on the patio and just drink a cappuccino. Yeah. And don't say anything, and then Mm -mm. walk back in. You'll hear about it, though. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, That was good. I learned something, actually, from you today. Weird Catholic stuff, man. Yeah, I learned. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of health care. Join the nation's leading health care sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable health care. Call now to see how much you can save at 844 387 8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Paul George, Deacon Adam Conkin Studio. What did I say at the end of that segment? Quick brick. Quick brick. Quick brick. Let's take a quick brick. I sound like a chicken. Yes, sort of. Yes, but you're not. You're you're brave, unlike a chicken. What, Chickens aren't like brave. in what way? Oh man, you're you're a skydiver. Uh, yeah, in life, trying to be. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you know it's cool. We we celebrate some cool saints this week. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know this whole week we had the solemnity of all saints, the comm- commemoration of uh, the. F- Faithfully departed All Souls Day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple of other cool saints this week. You know, we often talk about these real life human beings that mm-hmm. lived simply and heroic at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Capital letter, capital letter saints, saints. Okay, not lowercase, mm-hmm. but um, Saint Martin de Porres. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cool saint from Peru. Uh, you know, one of the things I love and appreciate about the church is that, you know, the word Catholic is universal. And so there's no, like, there's no, it, it includes every race, culture, everything. Time, place, everything, you know, yeah. Everything. They're, they're, the church is, like, all peoples. Everywhere. If Everywhere. we discover aliens on the moon... There you go. The church is for them. Yeah, and a lot of times in the church, like we can have such a um, a narrow view of the church just because of our experience. You know, maybe we go to a church and there's just a, you know, it's just run a certain way and we worship a certain way and and that's all good. And there's a certain demographic of folks because of the neighborhood you live in, and you just kind of always think of the church just because that's what you immediately see all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And I always say, like, one of the beauties about traveling around the world, and particularly and connecting with the church around the world, is that you get a broader view of what it looks like, the experience of worship mm-hmm. around the world, the experience of cultures and people and diversity. I absolutely love that, because in my mind and heart, when I think about the church, I think about all that together. And it's given me a broader view of it, right? Mm-hmm. And and I love that because that's what the church is, you know. Christ in His heart contained all peoples. Um, so anyway, Saint 
uh, Martin Depore is is um, from Peru. Um, his is he the first New World saint? I don't know. Uh, it's either him or Rose of Lima. They were friends, or they were contemporaries, I should say, in in the same area. But I think I think he's the first canonized hmm. New World saint, one that was born in the New World. Got gotcha. you. Um, so his his mom was from Panama, um, and uh, I think his his father um, was. Maybe from Spain, right? Spaniard, yeah, Spaniard, and so he was of mixed race, um, you know, part African American or Panama, so he had darker skin, mm-hmm. um, and so I think we celebrate a lot of, I don't know, this month or next month, like what, you know, we we'll, we kind of come across a lot of diversity in the saints, which is beautiful, mm-hmm. you know. But anyway, Saint Martin. Pores has this beautiful story. He wanted to be a missionary and martyr and travel the world. He was ready to jump out the plane. He was ready to jump out the plane. And his calling was to live in this one like monastery for his whole life. Mm-hmm. And he just figured out ways to serve the Lord and to do like just extreme works for Jesus. So he's the perfect patron for this show. This you, you episode. Because he desired to jump out the plane, then the Lord called him to a, a safe, let's say, like a community, a monastery. Mm-hmm. So he had to he had to take that same desire mm-hmm. for being heroic, but apply it to a simple life in a confined space. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't an adventurer all over the world. He was he just like Saint Therese, who had to take that desire to be a missionary, but keep it confined to a monastery but not give up any of that desire to live heroically for Christ. So he, d- he did heroic work in the kitchen, the laundry, and the infirmary. That's what I'm talking about. Like he just loved Jesus, uh, but he experienced like extraordinary gifts, mm-hmm. ecstasies that lifted him into the air. That is unusual. Light filling the room where he prayed. That's also unusual. By location. Hey now. So he's the Padre Pio of South America. Yes. Hmm. Peru. Mm-hmm. Uh, miraculous knowledge, instantaneous cures, and remarkable report with animals. So he's also Franciscan. In, in, wow. Yeah. His charity extended to people and animals. He, he would, you know, just... He was just a living saint, you know? Yeah. Um, and many of his fellow religious took Martin as their spiritual director within their own home, but he continued to call himself a poor slave. He was a good friend of another Dominican saint, St. Rose of Lima, who mm-hmm. I actually mentioned earlier. Yeah. Maybe she was just top of my mind as well. From mm-hmm. Peru, Lima, right. Lima, Peru. So. Right, she invented the uh, the bean. The, the Lima bean? Yeah. Is it Lima or Lima? We say Lima, but I think it's the bean from there. Yeah. No, so, she didn't invent it. But. So the beautiful thing, you know, is that he was biracial. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just such a a, a a a model of Christ and the church, you know, his beauty, you know. And I'm always challenged in a good way to, when I think about Christ and, and the church, to think broader than my narrow view, to mm-hmm. expand 
in understanding the universal church and learning about it because mm-hmm. it, it gives me a fuller view of of the way God sees us, you know, and the world. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a, a interesting meditation that I'll do from time to time, but imagine the Lord. I mean, he, obviously he chose in the fullness of time to be born where he was born, to do ministry where he did ministry, to live and die where he lived and died. But imagine our Lord himself visiting a different people, a different culture, a different time, a different place. What would he say? What would he do? Uh, what would his ministry look like? What parables might he use? Um, and then my own, you know, it helps me understand you know, what the Lord is telling me in my own situation. But, uh, but that's the thing is our Lord, there's one Lord, there's one Savior of all mankind, who's Jesus, right? And he's not limited to a particular place or time or culture, even though he chose to be born in one. He chose to be uh, a Hebrew. He chose to be um, of that ethnicity, of the Jewish race, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what he chose, but he's not limited to that. But rather, uh, because he's one of us who lived within a family, within a people, within a race, he's then available to all of us. Because I'm not Jewish, ethnicity-wise, or faith-wise, right? Like, but Jesus belongs to me. I belong to him. Um, not because we're of the same flesh and blood, but because we have the same father now. I've been adopted into uh, the Trinity. His father is now my father, and that's true of St. Martin de Porres and any other culture. Like, It's so interesting, though. Like, Jesus, like, even the, the, you know, historically, like, where he was from, like, he doesn't look like either of us. Correct. <laughs> you know, and he's sort of a blend of all cultures. Right. You know, this this olive, you know, uh, you know, Middle Eastern, you know, that area where he was born, raised, grew up, you know. Uh, right. It's, it's just, it's beautiful. I, I think it's just so fascinating. And, you know, one of the things I love, you know, I— I've spent time like in the in the country where there's a hundred people that go to a small church and uh, ride their horses and drive their ATVs to church, mm-hmm. and then I've gone, you know, to places where it's the inner city, and I've gone to places where, you know, it's another country and another language, and I don't under understand anything. Uh, it is unbelievable how beautiful and diverse the church is. Mm-hmm. And I guess one of the things that really frustrates me is when we just look at the church through, through a very narrow lens. Mm-hmm. Catholic means universal. So you can't say you're Catholic and not be universal in the way you think and look, act, love, be, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the challenge. You know, let me get out of my little box, jump out of the plane and see the broader view of of God and the world, Christ, who came to save us all, all of us, Gentiles and Jews alike, you know? Mm-hmm. And man, like that's that's the beauty. Like our heart should break for everyone in the world who's suffering. Our heart should break for wherever in the world there's not peace and there's fighting. Our heart should break for people who are lonely, desolate, who don't know Christ. Like we should try to, like Christ, contain the joys and the pains of all people in our heart. Book idea. Was yeah. that was that a lot too much to say? No, that was great. 
I don't know how you do that all the time. I'm just saying, like, you it know, seems like every saint did that. You know, like I was, I was trying to think of examples of what you're talking about in the lives of the saints, and they're pretty much all of them, including Saint Martin de Porres. Right. The plight of people is my plight. That seems to be a Christian necessity. Yes. It seems that that is a characteristic of Christ. Not mm-hmm. seems, it is. And saints took on that persona of Christ, mm-hmm. right? To contain all love and all people, for all people. No matter what. Um, that was the beauty of it. So, and I'm reminded of one of your, uh, one of your dear friends and inspirations, Pope Benedict XVI. Yeah. Who, when talking about South America, actually, and the missionaries that went to South America, he um, he was calling. He was I can't remember where this was. I think it was a homily he gave. And um, anyway, he he invited all Christians to imitate the missionaries that went to bring the gospel. In this, that there's never a more urgent need that people have than for Jesus, whether it's food, water, shelter, whatever. All people need Jesus desperately. And that the missionaries of the New World, the missionaries that made St. Martin, uh, Saint, um, Martin de Porres Catholic, mm-hmm. they went with this urgency that all people need Jesus, no matter their culture, not their background, the, the color of their skin. Doesn't matter. They need Jesus. And that uh, lack of rest that we should all have until everyone knows Jesus is the beating heart of the church. Yeah. And anything else is heart disease. <laughs> like St. Exa- Francis Xavier, who's friends with St. Ignatius Loyola, mm-hmm. a Jesuit, was a brilliant, brilliant teacher. He went as a missionary to Japan mm-hmm. to love and try to convert people to Christ in Japan. And then God put it on his heart to go to China. He died on his way to China. Like, you know... This is crazy. Uh, you know, when you when you love Christ, you see all people through the lenses of Christ. Mm-hmm. Who loves them. Who loves them. You know, so uh, I love this. Um, St. Martin de Porres is the patron saint of African Americans, barbers, hey, hairdressers, race relations, radio, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. That's got to be a good story. And social justice. So mm-hmm. there you go. I don't know why the radio. I'm going to have to read more about that. Yeah, that must be a good story. Because when did he live? That must have been uh, 1500s-ish, 1600s? He was, yeah, 1579, and he died in 1639. So I don't think radio existed yet. So that would be a good story mm. of how that, <laughs> how that got to him. But, you know, well, he, he, he communicated the gospel. Maybe he had a radio voice. Maybe he did. Uh, maybe he died. Well, I don't know. But he bilocated. He did all sorts there of There you go. That must be it. Yeah. Because in know. radio, like right now, we're in the studio, but we're also in people's cars. We're bilocating through radio. Show mom's listening to us mm-hmm. all the way in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Right? That makes sense to me. Yeah. So anyway, great show. <laughs> I learned a lot today. Want to remind people to get the fierce Advent, so start thinking about what you want to do for Advent. It doesn't have to be the fierce or the found journals, but that is a thing you can do. Now, I had the thought as you were talking about these devotionals, what if I got 
these two devotionals, the one, the um, found and fierce mm-hmm. for me and my wife to do during Advent. Um, That's exactly what's. I didn't for. even tell her. I would just do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Would that be fierce? A great of me? gift. Yeah, let's do this together, babe. Yeah. I want to be your hero, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to be your hero. <laughs> want to wash away your tears? I do want to wash away your tears. You're yeah, right. Yeah. It's not a bad song. I no. don't know what else it says, so if it's bad, I don't know. I don't remember all of it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thanks everyone for being a part of the show, listening to the show. We appreciate you and praying for you, and we'll talk to you next week. God bless. God bless.